Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, February 15th, 526 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets lower again this morning. March corn futures down one and a half at 422 and three quarters. March soybeans down one and three quarters at 1168 and three quarters. March Chicago wheat down six and a half at 579. March Kansas City wheat down six at 581 and three quarters. March spring wheat down two and a quarter at 660 and a quarter. Let's start off with this USDA event. USDA will release release Ag Outlook Forum estimates this morning at 6 central time. Traders expect a 2024 U.S. corn acreage projection of 91.8 million compared to last year's final number of 94.6 million. The corn 2024 U.S. yield guess is expected at 180.4 bushels per acre, despite the fact that USDA almost always starts with a trend yield, which would be closer to 183 bushels per acre. U.S. soybean acres are expected near 86.5 million compared to last year's final number of 83.6 million. The soybean yield guess is expected at 51.7 bushels per acre, despite a higher trend, uh, trend number. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this this morning because these numbers will be out by the time most of you guys watch this. Uh, I will say that um, the yield guesses, which mean absolutely nothing, but the yield guesses from the trade are interesting because they're below trend and USDA almost always starts with the trend number. So I don't know why USDA wouldn't print like a 183 for corn and, and something closer to 53 for soybeans. It doesn't really matter. I mean, is the trade going to look at this? Yeah, they will. But does their yield estimate in February matter? No, it doesn't matter at all. I think the acreage numbers maybe matter a little bit. I mean, there, there is some correlation, I believe, between uh, today's numbers and the March numbers. But USDA will be the first to admit that their early acreage numbers, whether it's February or even the late March report, doesn't matter. Um, premium subscribers, we're going to have a video recorded. Uh, should be out by 6.30 or, or 7 o'clock Central. We're going to blast it out early today covering this report. So uh, that's where we'll do, do a deep dive. We'll run the new crop balance sheets that USDA uh, showed us. We'll run stocks to use ratios, all of that stuff. So uh, premium subs look for that uh, early this morning. U.S. ethanol production increased last week. Weekly output of 1.08 million barrels was up 4.8% on the week and up 8.3% versus the same week last year. Ethanol stocks were pegged at 25.8 million barrels. The print was up 4.2% compared to the previous week and up 5.7% compared to the same week last year. Implied gasoline demand was down 7.3% compared to the previous week and down 3.1% versus the same week last year last year. On average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is down marginally versus the same period last year. Big improvement in ethanol production. The problem is not what happened last week. The problem is what happened in mid to late January. We had this nasty winter weather that resulted in drastically reduced ethanol production. It was partially weather, and it was partially because we saw a spike in cash natural gas prices across the Midwest. Some of the plants offloaded their natural gas prices in lieu of producing ethanol. And that's uh, somewhat pro problematic because we had been on track to exceed USDA's uh, target for corn demand via ethanol. And now we're on track to meet it, maybe exceed it slightly. But uh, those couple of bad weeks set us back. In terms of ethanol stocks, we're high. And it's, it's normal for stocks to increase through March or April. And then they typically draw down uh, during the summer months. So I don't see anything totally abnormal here. I think corn demand via ethanol should continue to be very strong.
If you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday? A couple of, of interesting videos we did this week. The first one, I think this was out Tuesday, uh, new crop marketing review, corn, soybeans, and wheat. I threw the spreadsheets up on the screen, uh, ran through every cash sale that I've advised for new crop corn, new crop soybeans, new crop wheat, super transparent. Uh, we break it down by percentages. What was advised? What were the dates? Uh, what are the thoughts moving forward? Ran some potential upside targets. Yesterday, Matt Bennett was on. He's on every other Wednesday. We talked about this uh, forthcoming USDA release that will be out again by the time you guys watch this. Be prepared for some bearish numbers. They're going to be bearish, um, you know, when you look at them on paper, they're not going to look good. There's going to be nothing friendly out of this report today as it relates to corn and soybeans. That doesn't mean it's reality, but um, it's it's not going to be a good look. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, uh, jump on the email list early this morning so you'll see that um, early premium video regarding the Outlook Forum. Go to standardgrain.com. Uh, this is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. I promise. Give that deal a shot this morning, guys. According to the Rosario Grain Exchange, Argentina's soybean and corn crops have received abundant rainfall in recent days. The precipitation was desperately needed after a recent heat wave and dry spell caused the crops to suffer. The exchange is projecting Argentina's soybean crop to reach its highest yield in five years at 52 million tons. The season's corn crop is estimated at a record 59 million tons. So they're still pretty optimistic. They have some dry weather uh, on tap for Argentina for the next six or seven days. But then all of the both of the models, the Euro, the GFS, the forecasters that that I read are fairly confident that you're going to see a return to a wetter pattern in Argentina uh, six or seven days out, which is tough to predict. But that's kind of what people are thinking. The Brazilian weather situation is very much benign. Uh, it's going to be wet. The rains are going to be, uh, they're going to occur on an almost daily basis here. So there's really no concern right now as it relates to Brazil. If there is a concern, it's it's as it relates to the dry start and what impact it had on the soybean crop. I threw this chart together this morning. So I punched in Conab's number for Brazil, <clears throat> which is 149. Point four, and I use the Rosario Grain Exchange number for Argentina, which is 52, and it still spits you out a number north of 200. So you're still talking a record crop um, the way that it's uh, being looked at right now. I think USDA is way too high with their 156. Personally, they're an outlier. Everybody else is is sub 150 at this point for Brazil. So you know, even with the with the Brazilian reduction, you're still talking pretty big combined crops out of South America. On Wednesday, the world's largest corn fertilizer maker, CF Holdings, uh, CF Industries Holdings, reported that their fourth quarter profits plunged 40% year over year to 1.57 billion dollars. The company's net income fell to a buck 44 a share, down from 435. The decline in profits is due to fertilizer pri prices falling sharply from record highs set in 2022 when Russia invaded Ukraine. CF, however, is forecasting U.S. farm profits will improve this year as lower farm input costs offset lower grain prices. The company also expects nitrogen demand in North America to remain strong this season. Uh, that's a funny statement. They expect farm profits to improve this year. Uh, if any of you guys work at CF, uh, you are clueless about that part, whoever. And this is the Bloomberg piece, so I don't know uh, who they quoted. Maybe that was in the earnings report. Other uh, stock has come off of the highs that were posted in 2022, which is not shocking. Uh, I'll tell you what was interesting. They had, um, in this Bloomberg article, CF had a uh, corn acreage estimate, and they pegged corn acreage at $91 million, which is actually uh, quite a bit below what the what the trade is thinking. And honestly, I'd probably put more stock in what um, 
they have to say, what the fertilizer manufacturers have to say about corn acreage than anybody. But uh, uh, reality of it is I, I don't think anybody has a clue, actually. On Wednesday, a Ukrainian naval drone strike destroyed a large Russian landing ship in the Black Sea just off the south coast of Crimea. According to Ukrainian military intelligence, the ship was carrying ammunition and the majority of the ship's crew died during the attack. A Kremlin spokesman, however, reported that the crew was safe. According to the Ukrainian military, uh, since Russia's invasion of Ukraine two years ago, it has destroyed 24 Russian military ships as well as a submarine. And the wheat market goes wild right now. It did, and there's no reaction at all. We still care about this because Russia is the world's top wheat exporter. Uh, Black Sea wheat pricing in particular is largely the reason that we are having trouble exporting wheat out of the United States. They're just so much cheaper than what we're able to offer. So if there ever was a situation that resulted in a disruption of Russian wheat shipments, it would be incredibly friendly to the market. Uh, the trade is just not interested in these headlines uh, as it stands right now. Yesterday, the House Intelligence Committee chairman warned of a serious national security threat. The threat relates to Russia's unfulfilled plans to build a nuclear weapon in space with the capability to destroy satellites. President Joe Biden was asked to declassify all information regarding the threat due to its seriousness. A person familiar with the situation, however, said the threat shouldn't alarm Americans or allied countries. Russia tested its space weapons in 2021 when it successfully destroyed a Soviet-era satellite. Don't be alarmed. The government says everything is okay. Uh, here's a quote from the journal. This is um, kind of scary, I think. Jake Sullivan, President Biden's national security advisor, told reporters Wednesday that he had reached out to the so-called Gang of Eight, the Democratic and Republican leaders of each chamber and the head of the intelligence committees, to schedule a briefing on a national security matter that is set for Thursday. Sullivan didn't specify what the issue was, but did note that it was highly unusual for the national security advisor to reach out to member of Congress directly for such a briefing. So I don't know. This sounds scary. I guess maybe we'll know some more about it today. They're going to have some sort of meeting. Uh, I don't know. Okay, what did cattle do yesterday? <laughs> cattle futures had a tough day yesterday. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 243 lower. Live cattle futures closed an average of a buck 57 lower. Box beef, box beef was mixed. Uh, choice box beef was 173 higher to close at 294. Select box beef was a buck 28 lower to close at 284.02. Outside markets on Thursday, guys, U.S. dollar is about flat. Stocks are, are mixed to flat. Bonds up just a little bit. Crude oil is off 82 cents in the March WTI at 75.82. I am going to be at the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville today. Uh, if you guys are there, hope to uh, see you. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you on Friday.